0: you can't receive what you're not ready for. I remember sitting at a Christmas dinner years ago with my extended family and hearing the words come out of my sister-in-law's mouth almost made me fall off my chair. I hope she's not listening to this, but if she is, that's okay as well. And it went something along the lines of this. She started to describe her perfect house and this amazing life and I was like, wow, This is inspiring. And then she proceeded to say, and all of this is going to happen when I win the lottery. And I almost fell off my chair. Listen, some people live their lives like that. We don't. And the reality is, winning the lottery, you know, listen, that's great, right? But you don't become a better person or a different person in the process, which is why. Many times, statistically, most people who win the lottery end up losing all of the money because they don't have the habits in the first place to acquire the money on their own. And so when they have this windfall of cash, they just blow it, right? So essentially lottery winners aren't able to keep what they won because they're not ready to receive it. Now, you might say, okay, if they're not ready to receive it, then how did they win in the first place? That's a good question. I don't have an answer to that. But what I do know is that one of the toughest lessons that I've had to learn is this very one, is at any given moment in my life, we, or I, we can only handle, we can only receive what we can handle. Let me repeat that. Whatever you receive at any given moment, Is all you can handle Uh, an example that comes to mind is a story I heard T. Harv Eker tell years ago he used the example of a a parent who takes their son to get some ice cream and the son is like yeah like I want the chocolate I want the chocolate yeah I want that one so the father gets him a scoop of chocolate and they leave the ice cream parlor And the son takes a lick of the ice cream, and the ice cream flips off the cone and falls onto the floor. And the son starts whining and complaining. He's like, I want another one. This time I want two. That's not fair. And so what does the father do? I guess that's a philosophical question, isn't it? Well, in this case, as we're talking about spiritual principles, if you will, is the child is not able to get two because he can't handle one. And this can be a bitter pill to swallow sometimes. Because what this means is it means it means taking extreme ownership of your life. It means, listen man, if um, you're not great at managing money, don't expect more to come to you. This is what I what I had to tell myself years ago. I remember when I first started my business, I didn't want to look at my numbers. I didn't, you know, want to know how much I was paying in taxes. I didn't manage my cash flow properly. Is it any wonder that I wasn't able to get more of it? So in order to have we must we must be able to manage the small before we can manage the big, right? And this whole concept of we can only get what we can handle at any moment. If you have a cup that can only hold eight ounces, you can only receive eight ounces of water. If you have a bucket that can hold a gallon, then you can receive one gallon of water. And so the idea here is that we want to expand our cup. We want to go from a cup to a bucket. And how do we do that? Well, we do that by listening and applying a lot of the principles we're talking about in this audio series, is becoming more aware, more at peace, more free with how things work. And letting it be enough, expressing gratitude, but at the same time be hungry for more. And it's this fine balance, isn't it? It's this balance of I'm so grateful for what I have, even if I have Objectively, on the surface, not much, but I'm so grateful for what I have. And really feeling that, feeling abundant, feeling as if, even even though you only have a cup that's an eight-ounce cup, feeling and knowing that it's full. Because if it's always full, then listen, you're going to have to find another cup to bring in as well, because you have more stuff coming in. But if we always feel like our cup is empty, then why would we need another cup? And listen, I'm sharing this with you, not not from a place of having mastered this. This is something I continually work on every single day because my default setting is it's not enough, right? I need more. Now, why does that happen? Well, that's a deeper issue, right? <laughs> and that might stem from the fact that at some level, maybe I don't feel that I'm enough. And I think this is a fundamental fear that a lot of humans deal with and it's it manifests and shows up in our lives in different ways. So part of this journey on this you know amazing planet is for us, I believe, this is my personal view, is for us to become the biggest possible version of ourselves. If there is the lower self and the higher self, right, our inner being, if you will, as being the higher self, I believe our goal is to get as close to that version of ourself as we possibly can. And a lot of these lessons are not easy. They are not easy because it seems like some people just get things so easily. They're like, man, like how does this person make so much money? Like, I don't understand it. Like how did this person have so much success over here? How does this person have such a happy relationship? Like it just seems sometimes that other people have it so easy. And sometimes maybe that's true. But the other thing is that we don't really know what's happening behind the curtains. We don't know what's really happening in someone's life. And the reality is that everyone has their struggles. Everyone is dealing with something. And so part of this is, again, challenging in today's day and age with not trying to compare ourselves. But it's about staying in our lane, running our own race. And so what I'd like to encourage you here in this lesson is this balance of... Being okay with what is, being grateful for what you have, but being ravenously hungry for more. Let me repeat that. Being okay with what is, being grateful for what you have, but being ravenously hungry for more. How do you strike that balance? (laughs) Isn't that the million-dollar question? Again, if we tune into what, I, what, I, what I'm, gonna, I'm gonna continue coming back to this is how we feel. I'll give you an example. So this morning, before this recording, I was woke up at my typical four o'clock and I did a few hours of my most important work and I left my office to hang out with my kids before they went to school and I felt this sense of peace and calm that I don't often feel every single day. And I was very aware of that. And it felt like my day was just like flowing beautifully. And that's a really, really nice place to be, right? And I, and I feel, I believe we at some level, we all wanna feel like that because it's a, this, this, this feeling of flow. It's like when you catch a wave if you're surfing, this feeling that you're just with, you're one with nature. And it's just amazing how things happen versus, the times where you feel frantic and stressed and out of time and pressured and you're frantically trying to get things done because, you know, you don't have enough of what you want and therefore you're working harder and harder and harder to get more of it. And listen, like, I know, like, there's a time and place to work hard. There is. But what I want to suggest here is that we need to be able to create space in order for more of that stuff to come in. And it's very important to create space through feeling remember, I'm going to talk about this over and over again. And remember, a lot of these lessons are as much for me as they are for you. So if we think of the analogy of the 8-ounce cup, how do we how do we become more receptive? How do we turn that 8-ounce cup into a 16-ounce cup or into that one-gallon bucket? Well, the first thing we need to do is we have to feel good no matter what. This is very, very important. If there was nothing else you did in life from, from kind of a spiritual perspective, I think if you just got this and did your best to live this, man, your life would transform for the better. Is not making how you feel conditional upon external circumstances. I'll be happy when, right? That saying, that's an example of this. Is... We must find a way to feel good no matter what, because if we're always waiting for things to happen in order for us to feel good, then we're always at the mercy for those things. And if they don't show up, we feel crappy. And I understand this is not easy, right? How are you supposed to feel happy if what you, if what you want, you don't have? Because when you set an intention You're setting tension, you're creating tension. You're where you are and where you wanna be, right? The further further away where you wanna be is, the greater the intention. And the greater the intention, the more in tension you are. So how are you supposed to feel good no matter what when you have so much tension, there's so much of a gap from where you are to where you wanna be? That's the secret. And that's about being okay with how things are because you know, you know everything is happening for you, not to you. That everything that you have in your life right now, who you are as a person, is exactly where you are meant to be right now. And if you have this faith in life, in this amazing journey we're all on, if you have this global view that everything is happening for you, nothing is ever happening to you, and I know this can be tough to swallow sometimes, especially when we've experienced hardships and tragedies. Like, I understand that. Like, don't get me wrong, right? But if we take the perspective that everything is happening for us, then there's a sense of peace, calm, and freedom that comes with that. And it doesn't mean that we become lazy. It doesn't mean that we don't do anything because we're like, oh, whatever, it'll come when it comes. It's not saying, we're not saying that. What I'm trying to say, hopefully you're getting this, is that whatever is, is. And it is the way it is because it is. And if it could have been different, it would have been different. But it isn't and it wasn't different. Therefore, how it is is exactly how it's supposed to be. <laughs> that might be the most convoluted phrase or paragraph you know I, I could have uttered, but hopefully you understand that, is that everything is happening for a reason, everything is happening for a purpose, and everything is happening to serve you. One of the mantras I like to tell myself is, everything is happening for me, the universe has my back, no matter what happens, good or bad ups and downs in business, Facebook ad accounts get shut down, people say no, all sorts of stuff happens. Hey, it's all good, it's a me- it's it's supposed to be like that. There's a lesson I'm supposed to learn here. So being able to feel good no matter what comes from this place of like, you know what? Nothing is good or bad. It's the meaning we give it, right? And And our ability to determine meaning is really interesting when you think about it. So let's just use an example, okay? So today was a great day. I made $1 million. Yesterday was not a great day. I didn't make $1 million. So let's just use that example for a second. If we set up these rules in our lives to say, I can only be happy if this happens, then we will always lose because it's impossible to feel good with those types of rules. So again, in that fictitious example, This individual says, I can only be, I'm happy today because I had an amazing day. Lots of money came in. But the day before was a crappy day because no money came in. And that's, that's challenge. That's a challenge, right? And so we need to find a way to, to set the game up to win. We need to reestablish the rules. And maybe those rules are this. I don't know. I'm just going to give an example. Today was an amazing day because I woke up and I'm in great health and I woke up beside the woman I love and I've got four amazing kids. Maybe that is really what matters. And I, I again like I'm not I'm not saying that I've experienced this, but you know we we've heard of people who've had near-death experiences. And I'll tell you uh, one of the ones that was relatively recent for me as of this recording was, watching a Formula One race and seeing one of the drivers almost lose his life, um, veered off the track, ran into one of the walls, and his car exploded. And they're like, I've never seen that in my life of watching Formula One. And he got out of the car and walked away from the accident. Like, it's it's a miracle that he lived. He only had a couple burns on his hands. And he, one week later, did an interview with uh, Sky Sports before one of the next races, and to see how joyful and happy he was, was really, it was amazing. And it reminds us like all of the stuff, all the rules that we have in our lives, right? The way we should show up, the way our kids should do things, the amount of money we should be making, that like all that, all those shoulds, they are like literally thrown out the window when we're faced with what really matters, right? In this example, this this driver, Romain Grosjean, was faced with impending death, right? Engulfed in flames. Do you think he cares about any of that stuff? No. He knew that he, he needed to survive for his kids. And, you know, to see him leave that and less than a week later, you know, being so joyful and gracious and expressing so much gratitude for the people at the racetrack who helped and like it was amazing. And it's unfortunate that so many of us need to have these experiences in order for us to, in order for a lot of us to truly appreciate what really matters. Now, listen, like I wish that upon no one. And I don't wish any ill health upon anyone, but we also know being in this space that a lot of times we only do things when, you know, the crap hits the fan, right? After we've had that heart attack, after we've had that triple bypass surgery, do we finally make the change we need to make, right? Hopefully we don't have to get there. And hopefully we can take a more conscious approach on a daily basis to tap in, to become aware, to be more mindful, more present with how we feel, with the thoughts in our mind, where our focus lies. Because if, if we can just choose, to find beauty in the simple things and find joy no matter what, life becomes a lot more enjoyable to live. And so this is a long-winded answer to how we become more receptive. How do we increase the size of our cup from that eight ounce to that one gallon? Well, the first step is we feel good no matter what. Because if you feel good, you attract more things for you to feel good about. And if you don't feel good, That is a warning sign that more things that you don't want to feel good about are going to come into your life. So negative emotion is a warning sign. Positive emotion is a positive omen for good things to come. And then the second thing I'll mention here is, and this is, you know, equally as challenging in terms of becoming more receptive, is raising our standards so that we believe that we're truly worth what it is that we want. Because if we don't believe we're worth it, neither will the universe, neither will God, whatever that higher power is for you, right? Because if we don't believe we are worth it, then how are we supposed to quote unquote sell, you know, that amazing force out there that we're worth it? So this, this whole idea of self-identity, again, largely shaped from a young age, right? We, we, we have this subconscious programming that was installed in us by our parents and influences and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of times, it, you know, some, in some people's lives, it serves them. and many other people's, it doesn't. Sadly, because our parents are not as maybe conscious or mindful as we would have wanted, right? And that gives us the opportunity as parents to maybe, you know, become a little bit better, so I believe that we are all operating or living as a fraction of our true self, right? That inner being, that true self, that higher self. And if we can look at how can I become a bigger version of my, how do I, how do I get closer to that higher self? How do I become the true me, the real me? And what that's going to, what that's going to entail is going to, it's going to entail being okay with getting uncomfortable. It's going to be about raising our standards to say, you know what? I deserve this. You know what? I'm going to push through this. You know what? This is uncomfortable, but I'm going to do it anyways, because why is it that I don't want to do this? Is it because I'm afraid? Is it because of something else? Well, Is my true self, my higher self, my bigger self, is that the person speaking here? Probably not. So if I want to move closer to that version of me, the real version of me, I'm going to do this. Because if we can start to look at how we are living our lives and start to raise the bar in different aspects, right? So we're feeling good. We're feeling good on a daily basis to the best of our ability. And yes, like there's definitely times during the day and during our lives where we're going to feel crappy. That's okay. But it's the ability to snap out of that, right? To recognize it and change direction. To get a hold of our thoughts and feelings so we can feel good on the average the majority of the time. And so we're feeling good. We're feeling good. We're doing things. Things are unfolding. You know, maybe things are moving a bit more slowly than we want. All right, great. Well, we're not gonna settle there. We're gonna continue striving. We're gonna continue believing and seeing ourselves, seeing the, the higher version of ourselves unfold. We're gonna visualize that future that we want, that bigger version of ourselves from our goals. We're gonna, we're gonna see ourselves from our goals looking back. We're gonna operate on a daily basis as if we are, are that person already. A question I love to ask myself is what would my $100 million version of me do in this situation? What would the $100 million version of me think or feel in this situation? Because that's really, you know, replace 100 million with whatever you want, but the real version of you, right? What would the real version of you do in this situation? What would the real version of you believe, feel, think in this situation? Raise the bar, not in comparison to anyone else. Raise the bar as you doing your best to get to the higher, truer version of yourself. Because when we're all done on this planet, when this life is over, we're gonna have a meeting with that version of ourselves. And in my case, I want that meeting to be like, hey dude, great job, 99% of the way, well done. Right. As opposed to, well, you only got 10% of the way, big gap, maybe next time, right? So use that to fuel you because the, the better you can get, the more, the more you can become of who you are, right? The better you're gonna feel because your true, your inner self, your inner being is always coming from a place of love and joy and purpose and freedom. All those positive emotions, that is the real you. All the negative and fear, that's our program, that's our lower self. So the more we can feel good, the more we can move forward on a daily basis feeling good, we know we're moving closer and living more of our lives as our truer self. And if we can do that, we can start to receive more. Because remember we get what we focus on, and if we focus on feeling good and if we focus on what we have and we're appreciative appreciative of what we have but still ready for more, that is how we expand our cup that is how we become more receptive and that is how we can start to receive more in any given moment because now day after day we are becoming more we have expanded and now we can handle. Not just one scoop of ice cream, but we can handle two scoops.